What's up, everybody? What's going on? I am your host, Blake Haggett. We are here at the Yes Show, the Young Entrepreneur Show, where we meet, talk with visionaries and leaders of today's time, how we're going to innovate, how we're going to change the world. So stay tuned, check us out, give us a follow. You guys will not be dis. As president and founder of the SLG Advising LLC, Stephen Gabrielson is constantly pushing the envelope in terms of innovation within the accounting industry. As a young certified public accountant, Stephen sees the importance of embracing new technology to help his clients grow their business. Stephen has spent the last five years learning and mastering these revolutionary tools since receiving his BS in accounting from the University of Idaho. He also received his Master's of Business and Administration from Boise State University in 2017. He resides in Boise, Idaho with his wife and three daughters. Stephen, how's it going, my man? Especially uh, talking with some of our followers recently. Um, I know a lot of them had tax questions. Are you the guy to talk to? Oh boy, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so Stephen, so. let's. Uh, I know in the intro I uh, gave a little background on who you are. Why don't we give kind of a more detailed background? Who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, kind of the innovative things that um, you want to implement into kind of the CPA or tax world. And why don't you go ahead and explain that a little bit? Cool. Yeah, for sure. So I... Yeah, I grew up here in Idaho. My life is kind of a crazy story. I was kind of like picked up and dropped here, you know. <laughs> um, I was adopted from birth. Oh, so that kind of gives me a lot of perspective on life. I actually went back and met my birth family like three or four years ago. No way. And just to see where I could have ended up mm-hmm. like has completely reshifted and refocused my my life and kind of how I So that's operate. really interesting you bring that up for I mean just even to like jump into that a little bit is like a perspective change on that like it how old are you again? So I'm 28. I okay. Think. <laughs> right? Nobody knows her age yeah. anymore. Yeah. Start <laughs> so, forgetting about it. So what are some of the perspective shifts that you have if you can kind of narrow that down? I mean like who knows um for those listeners out there that have kind of experienced something like this. And was it more of, you know, you realizing where you could have been or is it realizing what you have and how grateful you are for that? Yeah, dude, that's a good question. You know, I'm a firm believer in that every single person in this world needs to go through massive perspective shifts in order to, to become the best person that they can become, right? Exactly. We all go through our teen years and our, our young adult years with one perspective and we, and we mature and we grow and, and, um, it actually took me, I feel like it took me a little bit longer to go through that, that mental shift than some other people. I, I mean, I got married at a young age. We had our first kid at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was graduated from college for a, for a little bit, had a job at a, at a small CPA firm here, here in Boise. Yeah. And my first, my first big shift actually came from, I had worked at that firm for about a year. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, I didn't like how the firm was operating, how it was, how it was working. Yeah. And that's your entrepreneurial mind right that, there. Exactly. Right. <laughs> this is a problem. How can I fix it? Yeah. Except I wasn't, I wasn't mentally there to, to verbalize how to fix it, to verbalize what I was upset with, what I didn't like, what I, what I liked. Um, and so I actually started being young and, and, and unexperienced. I didn't, I didn't realize that I was replaceable like everybody else out there. Okay. Right. So I kind of turned into I mean, I was a disgruntled employee right? <laughs> after about a year and I got, I actually got fired Interesting. from my first CPA job, which is 
kind of hard for me to talk about, you know? Well, it's a lesson, dude. I mean, like, I, to, you know, be yeah. blunt and honest, two days yeah. ago, I lost one of the biggest deals that I've ever had. And it yeah. it hurts. And, and up until then, sometimes you feel invincible. Exactly. And you feel like, oh, well, these people can't replace me. But exactly. there's so many learning lessons, and I'll let you continue, yeah. but that you take through those processes. Yeah, you know? it's, it's brutal. I mean, I it was crazy. We had just bought our first house. We had one kid, and we were four weeks away from having our second. Oh, wow. So we were like huge life shifts just right there, getting ready to have our second kid, just bought our first house. Um, and then I got fired from our job, so I didn't have an income stream anymore. I was really struggling to sit and study for my CPA exams and to pass all that stuff. And I remember, dude, like two days later after after getting canned, I was sitting on the couch and my wife was gone with our baby doing her normal daily errands or whatever. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. You know, where do I go from here? You were probably the lowest. I was, I was, it was like, it felt like rock bottom, dude. Yeah. It felt like absolute bottom. And, um, that was my first shift. I knew I have to get my CPAs done. I have to get my tests out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, to flip my mindset and I started studying for my CPA exams. I passed all four of them within three months, which is uh, quite difficult and yeah. I, something I never thought I could ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I jumped straight into my MBA program. I bust out my MBA, um, got a finance internship at a Fortune 500 company the next summer. Wow. Um, and then... After I graduated my MBA program, I started working at the CPA firm. I actually just left a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so let me let me go back a little bit. Yeah. So when you were in that period of, you know, kind of you're lost, you're confused. I know some of our listeners out there might be struggling in that same position right now. What kind of advice would you give to people that are either at that job that they they think that they're secure for the rest of their life or what kind of advice would you give to someone that's in that holy shit what's going on period of their life Mm -hmm. and how to kind of flip that mindset was there like like you're saying it was that one day that something just triggered you do you have can you explain that is there was there a feeling was there like a hopelessness like like you were saying is rock bottom what what were some of Kind of maybe go into detail on those that experience and that feeling and, and what steps you took to kind of climb out of that hole. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, yeah, like I said, I was I remember sitting on my couch in our in our new house that we'd been in for less than two months or less than a month. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Yeah, it was it was terrifying. And I mean it was this it was a shitty couch. We needed new couches. <laughs> we needed like all these like Things that, that you probably order, bought it on Craigslist for like fifty bucks. No, right? it was even worse than that. It was a it was my parents' old couch that oh they had gosh. had thirty years ago. <laughs> they were thirty year old leather couches that had like this pink color tone oh, to them. Disgusting. They were horrible, horrible <laughs> couches. So I was sitting there, and it was broken, dude. Like the back of it was broken. <laughs> it was it was bad, and so I was sitting there, dude. And I remember just like thinking about what, what am I going to do? Like, it was the most desperate I've ever felt, Mm -hmm. you know, like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, um, how to move forward. I just didn't know. And it was, I mean, like all the greats say massive change requires immediate massive action. Right. And it was within, it was within five, four or five days from that moment that I finally figured out I need to I need to get my CPA. 
I need to figure out what direction I want to take my life mm-hmm. and I need to just get up and do it. Yep. And so it was probably, it was probably that night. I think it was that night or the next night that I was sitting down talking to my wife about how to move forward. What, what do I do? How do we, how do we kind of put the pieces back together and, and yeah. move on? Um, and I mean, just the, the shame from getting fired yeah. Cause that is like, that's the most shameful thing <laughs> ever, dude. Yeah. Like that alone makes me want to go out and bust my ass at any job that I ever do because I don't ever want to feel that shame again. Yeah. You know, um, that combined with the stress of having to provide for your family, one and soon two kids, yeah, full family, full family, you know, that there's, there had to be massive action. There had to be massive change. And in at my some life. point a little, I mean, there's a lot of risk involved with that. I yeah. mean, like, yeah. to take the time to accomplish that CPA degree. And this is an interesting perspective for some of you entrepreneurs out there listening is it, I have an interesting perspective on education. I mm-hmm. went to college. I, it was great. I didn't, I don't feel like I learned a ton, but I think when you step into a career, you have to be able to teach yourself, whether it's through an educational system or be really dedicated and focused to be able to learn and then test your skills on that. I think that education is changing in in the sense of, you know, it's moving towards specializing or like getting knowledge and education from the area or the field that you want to learn in, but some sort of formal education. Yes. Some people can take a Udemy course online and learn, but for, I mean, me, for example, I have to go to a classroom and learn the old school way. Yeah. And I mean, I'm even doing that in commercial real estate is taking some extracurricular um, education that's helped my career a ton. And you yeah. did the same thing with your CPA. Yeah. And like we were talking about yesterday is, is, you know, your certified financial planner, your CFP. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's those little things that you are adding to your resume of whether it's a client that asks for it, but just your own confidence. Yeah. What you're talking about. Exactly. And you know, it, yeah, dude, it's, it's building that foundation that you can then build off of. Exactly. Right? And the thing is, every foundation is different. Mm-hmm. No foundation is the same. So me and you could go to a college course and, and go through a university, go through the same exact program, and we're going to come out with completely different foundations on where we want to take it and how we view things oh, and totally. what we learned, you know? Totally. So my biggest thing, even going through, like, my MBA program that I just went through, I went through the full immersion MBA program. I was a full-time in-class. Oh, really? Okay. MBA program, Yeah. And how long did that take you? It was two years. Two it was years. a two-year program. Okay. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good program, um, but I mean, I'm kind of different in the way where I don't necessarily learn a whole bunch in a classroom setting. I learn a lot outside of the classroom. I learn a lot by uh-huh. by leveraging that college status mm-hmm. of going into small businesses in the valley and in downtown Boise and saying, "Look, I'm a college student. Mm-hmm. I want to learn what you do. I want to learn how you do it, and I want to learn." how I can do it in the future and how I can make it better and, and exactly. what else I can do, you know? So yeah, it's just, and that's so interesting. So back to your story is you, you jumped from not having anything, getting fired from your job into that CPA certification. After that, what was your next step once you kind of completed that? So you got your CPA certification mm-hmm. and then you took the MBA program and then yep. what was you know, coming out of that MBA program, what was that next step in your personal career as well as your family development and whatnot? Where did you go next? So after my MBA program, I, so to back up after I got 
after I got shit canned. <laughs> I vowed. You keep like going back to that point. I know, but it's, I know. It, but it that was, I mean, that was the pivoting point that yeah. completely reshaped my life. What were your uh, like habits and routines like that beforehand? Oh, dude, I was lazy. I was slothful. I wasn't. I wasn't ambitious. Yeah. I had no drive. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a hard time waking up before eight thirty to get to work by nine. Yeah. I had a hard time going to bed before midnight. Yeah. You know, I had a hard time with everything. Everything mm-hmm. I did in life was hard. It was poor me, poor me, poor me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I went from that shifting gears to studying sixteen hours a day <laughs> for the CPA exam. You know, nuts. which is, yeah, it was crazy. I still don't know how it happened. Yeah. And I'm still learning every day about how and why it happened, you know, yeah, exactly. but, um, yeah, dude, it was crazy, crazy. But I keep going back to that, to that point. Um, because it was, where was I going with that? What was, what was, was it just that, that? that you were that you were in such a low and then you were moving into your MBA and your oh, yeah, your that's CPA right. stuff? Yeah. So after after that incident, I, I told everyone I'm not going back to tax. I'm done with tax. Okay. There's more out there. I want yeah. to do something else. What did what, what came to mind that you wanted to do besides tax? I didn't. I wanted so my ambition since then has always been to just like help small businesses. Yeah. I want to help people grow their businesses. I want to be involved. I want to I want to help them understand how their business operates, where they can invest their money to become more successful and where they can build through wealth and where mm-hmm. they can where they can where the potential of their business can go rather than just focusing on this small tax part. Yeah. Where someone walks in with a shoebox, puts it on your desk and they expect you to change their life. Like that's <laughs> not gonna happen. Sorry. I know, I'm not right? we're not miracle workers. Yeah. We can't, we can't do much with that. Yeah. You know? And so I vowed off tax even the next summer. That's why I got an internship in finance. Okay. Um, at HP, the big company here. Oh, nice. Um, did that for a summer. I didn't. I didn't love it. I'm not. I'm not a huge corporation kind of person. I'm more of a free flying falcon. Falcon. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, I came and I started working at this small CPA firm, um, just part time through my last semester during mm-hmm. tax season. Um, and it was, it was a really good firm, good people, um, a well operated firm. They hooked me back into the tax side. Um, but it only took like two or three months of being back in tax. And then I got hired on full time after, after tax season and stuff like that. And I worked there for a year until I left. Um, and it's actually kind of funny because I got fired on March 25th of, I think it was 2013 or 14. And I left my job. I announced to them that I was leaving after tax season and starting my own business on March 25th of 2018. That is crazy. So it was like March 25th. It's like that, fit, that five-year window of your trials that you'll look back on I yeah. think, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from yeah. now. That you'll be like, holy smokes, that five years was where I took my life from X sitting on that shitty ass couch yeah. and taking it to the next level <laughs> right? and, and just kind of you, it was a mindset shift for you and you took that and it'll be really cool to like watch that over the years. And I mean, yeah. shoot, you might look back in March 25th, 2020 and been like, holy smokes, three years ago, I didn't even have any clue what I was doing. Yeah. This is where I am now, yeah. you know, yeah. because you have that mindset of, 
you know, I can take three steps up and one step back. Yeah. Three steps up, one step back. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, you can even take two steps forward and 10 steps back. Exactly. You know, I mean, every, everyone goes through setbacks and especially as an entrepreneur, you know it. Yeah. You go through these times where it's like the world's on fire. <laughs> that is a great you're struggling so hard. You don't know where to do. I mean, yesterday, I had one of those days yesterday. Yeah. Where nothing was working. I was sitting there thinking like. 5 p.m. hit the clock and you're like, I did nothing today. Yeah. I did nothing today. I don't know where I'm taking this. I don't know how to grow this thing. I don't know how to reach out to people and tell them what I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was a bad day yesterday. So you leave the accountant office or tax account office uh-huh. after you've been there for a year. Yep. And you started SLG advising, like I explained in the start. Yep. What was, what is your direction with that? Why do you want to innovate in the tax space? I know that you and I have done some business together mm-hmm. and it's been an eye opener as to the avenues and pathways you're taking because of you providing something different. You're not just a guy that's going to do your taxes for you. Yeah. You're a financial planner. You help identify different areas in people's business. You're mm-hmm. almost a consultant. With a very strong background in tax to help, you know, financially plan that. So what does SLG advising do Uh specifically? What is their target market? You know, kind of go into that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So SLG advising, we're, like you said, we're an advisory consulting type firm. We don't just do tax. Um, We do taxes. We do bookkeeping. We do regular consulting. Um, We do quarterly tax planning. Um, Because although although I'm not a huge fan of the tax side... Tax is such a big part of every oh, every exactly. one of our lives. In the world we live in right you know? now, 2018, I mean, the tax laws just took a huge yeah turn, huge change, turn, huge change. And I mean, with every business owner out there, um, their biggest expenses are are payroll, and then usually taxes right there second mm-hmm. is, is your biggest expense every year. Yeah. Um, I mean, now that the tax rates are coming down a little bit, um, hopefully it won't be as big for most people, and I th- and. For about eighty-five or, or more percent of the country, it's it's coming down, mm-hmm. which is a great thing. Yes, um, and so yeah, it's it's a huge part. So it's hard to you can't just shelf that and not worry about tax. Exactly. And so that's why I'm I'm as at SLG Advising, we're really trying to find a way to add a lot more value to to our clients than just working with their tax returns. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I mean, I don't even, we don't even accept walk-in tax returns. Mm-hmm. So if you come into our door on April 5th or in April <laughs> or March. <laughs> Last or, minute, or, right? Yeah, right. Or whenever you do, I'm probably going to point you to somebody else down the street. Yeah. Because by me having to focus so much more time and energy on that walk-in tax return. So you're just, you're more of a partnership. Yeah. You're yeah, not just exactly. the guy. And, yep. and you and I both understand how, you know, some of these you know, turbo tax. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you want someone to do your taxes in April, yeah. just go do turbo go tax. Go to H&R Block. Yeah. You know, it takes five minutes. It takes five minutes. <laughs> they'll do just fine. Exactly. You know, you they know. might miss some things here and there, but they'll do just See, fine. See, and that's where that I think a lot of these service-based industries that I don't think will disappear because of technology. I think that they will stay around because there's always someone with knowledge that others don't have. Yeah. You know, well, it's, even Mark Cuban, he's the one that's the uh, uh, owner of the Texans or the, who's uh, Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks, yeah. So he even came out and said uh, he was asked a question on on um, what what is the next job that's most at risk due to technology, 
And he came out and said CPAs. Huh. Because of how technology is evolving. Yeah. And the tax return has been turned into a commodity. Exactly. Like there's no doubt about that. It is a product now. It's no longer a service. Mm -hmm. You walk in, drop off your stuff. A lot of people don't even talk to their CPAs during that time. They get their tax return done. They go and sign it and they're done. Mm -hmm. It's a product at that point. It's not, there's no value add there at all. Yeah. Right. And I agree with them to an extent. Mm-hmm. I agree with them that most CPAs out there are going to be overrun by the shift in technology. Yeah. Right? And so utilizing that technology and evolving what you do is huge. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what you've done at SLG is, is like he's explaining is that you're taking to use that product, but that's just a product of your complete package of the services and value that you can provide to your customers. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, we utilize that technology to not only do the tax returns and make them a lot more efficient and a lot more accurate, really. Yeah. We use technology to help with the bookkeeping. We use technology to help with our consulting and to generate reports um, that we weren't, that it took a lot longer to generate back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really allows us to sit down and, and talk to you about your business and how we can grow your business rather than yeah, your net revenue was X and last month it was it was lower or higher or whatever, right? Yeah. We can actually sit down and say, look, your business is is has been shrinking shrinking over the last two or three months or years or whatever. Yeah. I think we should try this, this, and this, and this, and this to help to spark your business and help it grow again. Mm-hmm. You know? So and that's that's so interesting because you know, I many of you guys out there are are working on a business. I know I've worked with a few that say they have businesses. But they don't even have an LLC filed or a partnership <laughs> or whatnot. Why yeah. don't you touch base on like your top three reasons to file an LLC over a sole proprietor? Cool. Let's go simple. So not only to start the, the liability protection, okay. you know, right out of the gate, a sole proprietor, you're you're operating in something that is that's not necessarily risky. You can be sued for anything nowadays. Yep. You know, and if you're a sole prop or a sole proprietorship. All your assets are at risk when you get sued. So go into detail about that. So let's say I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate, play okay. dumb. Um, <laughs> I'm a homeowner. I've got a house and I've got, let's say I've got a hundred grand in, uh-huh. in equities account. Yep. And how, what could happen if, if I, if I went with a sole proprietorship over an LLC? So if you're, let's say starting a new business. Okay. So let's say you build homes. Okay. Right. You build homes. Um, and uh, one of your contractors falls off of a, a roofing truss and breaks his leg because yep. you didn't have the necessary, you didn't take the necessary steps to make sure that they were following safety guidelines and stuff like uh, that, okay. right? So then everyone's going to go after the deeper pockets, right? Exactly. So because you're the owner of, of this business who's building this house, yeah, you hired out these contractors and you probably weren't there, you're going to be part of the lawsuit, mm-hmm. right? And so if they sue you for $500,000 to fix this guy's leg and other damages or whatever yeah. occurred, all of those assets are on the table because you're a sole prop. You know, you're you're operating as as yourself being the business and not as a business. Does that make sense? So technically all of your assets yeah. are liable. Yeah, your home is liable, that hundred thousand dollars is liable, all of it is, is liable because you have no protection. No protection. You know, but as if you were to go in and follow like or file like an LLC, mm-hmm. then whatever is encompassed within that LLC, if you have a few vehicles um, or a cash pile within that LLC 
then that still is that's liable. That's kind of that, that barrier that protects you from your business. Exactly. Right? Okay. Exactly. And they can't necessarily come after your personal home or things like that. You know? So for you business owners out there that are wanting to start a business, give us how easy it is to start your own LLC, to start your own business. Dude, it's what does it take? So here in Idaho, it's different in every state. Yeah. Um, but here in Idaho, all it takes is filling out a form, taking it down to the... Uh, uh, the office Secretary downtown, of State. Secretary of State, and how and much paying does it cost 125 dollars, right? 120 bucks, 125 bucks. Guys, it's that easy to it's start a business. Super easy. Within 10 days, you have a business that can be looked up online, and you're up and operating. You know, if you're going in with like partners and stuff like that, it's it's good to go in and um, set up like membership agreements and yep. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, not a partnership, sorry, if you're doing an LLC with multiple members, because yeah. it's good to remember that an LLC is different from a partnership. Okay. Um, and so, if you have multiple members within your LLC, it's important to make sure you have the, the right um, organization documents to outline who's doing what, mm-hmm. um, what the steps are for the uh, uh, dissolving the company if it gets to that point. Okay. Um, and stuff like that. Interesting. So... Yeah, that's, that's an important piece. Um, but not only with uh, the differences in liability, there's also a lot that, a lot more things that we can do mm-hmm. uh, tax-wise, mm-hmm. um, ver- an LLC versus so a So tax is so boring, guys, so we're going to totally just shift gears. Okay, good. And I will add <laughs> Stephen's uh, contact information. You know, we could talk about tax all day. You know, at least Stephen could. I, I hey, you know, but I might a, fall asleep over here. It's a disease, really. So we're gonna shift gears and talk about some fun stuff. Um, one question I like to ask all of my um, interviewees is: we talked about this the other day on the epi- on the show. Is who, if you had the opportunity to spend a weekend um, up in the mountains? Let's use that for example with with you. Um, with three either mentors, influencers, celebrities, people that you like to kind of follow, who would those three people be and why? Oh, that's a good question. You like that man. one? I like that question. And I like it especially now because the past three or four weeks, because I've only been in business for three months, yeah. right? And so I've been slowly branching into how do I grow this thing, reaching out to all sorts of different influencers, yeah. um, listening to a bunch of different things, right? So, I mean, my first one out of the gate, it's got to be Corey Gregory. Okay. He's a, so he's a fitness guru, basically. He's built a, fit, a huge fitness following. He's, uh, he was one of the co-owners of Muscle Farm. Okay. Um, uh, got out of that and started his own CoreyGFitness.com. Interesting. Um, him, him and his buddy out in Ohio own um, what's called Old School Gym mm-hmm. um, or Join a Real Gym is what you can find, <laughs> him on, find him on social media. For all of you that don't know Steven, he likes to lift weights very aggressively. I do. He's very skilled at it. I try to keep up with Blake here. Oh, no. Stop. <laughs> stop. Um, and, yeah, so he's got a ton of different things going on. And he's a guy that really didn't come from much and he built an empire yeah um he's got three kids i think and and a wife and they're younger too so he's kind of like in my same situation exactly and you can kind of Um, relate i can can relate to him a lot Mm -hmm. um and so he would definitely be the first one just for the mindset stuff and how he got through some of the difficult times and what Mm -hmm. he did and how he handled not only that but how he handled his relationship with his wife during certain tough times yeah that's interesting that you know Mm -hmm. 
um, just because we're, our situations are kind of similar. Yeah. Um, dude, my next one, I've been listening to a lot of Gary Vee recently. Ooh, I like that one. And he, I like he's, that one. He's, he's the man, dude. Yeah. I, I like him. He's, not only because he's kind of like, kind of salty, you know, he's kind of aggressive in, in how he talks and, and stuff like that, but I've been getting pretty heavily into the social media game recently, trying yep. to grow that side. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like exactly, and that's, that's something that, you know, I'll jump in here and say is, and we can move into that next after we cover these, is, uh-huh. is how social media has impacted your business and how you're using it to leverage your time yeah. versus your reach. Ooh. So Gary Vee definitely uh, hits a lot on that, and yeah. uh, he definitely um, inspires. You know, he yeah, gives you sure. a perspective that we haven't seen before. That's why he is who he is. Uh-huh. You know, we can't look at all these guys and be like, oh, I want to be just like Tony Robbins. Yeah, or, oh, seriously. I want to be just like Mark Cuban. Yeah. No, you have to be your own person. Yeah. I mean, you can copy some of the things yeah. that they've done yep. to get to the point, but there, there comes a time where you have to break that bond yeah. and you have to take those um, kind of those guidelines that you run your life by yeah. and then be authentic, Yeah, you know? For so sure, for sure. It, Gary was one of mine as well that yeah. I, I would spend a weekend with in the woods. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, he's got some crazy cool stuff going on. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name for my third. What is it? Is it Ray Dalio? Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio, Ooh, dude, th- that's deep. Yeah. Have you have you read his book yet? I haven't read his book, but oh. I'm reading I'm reading Unshakable oh, by Tony cool. Robbins. Okay. So I got like I'm getting the pieces, yep. bits and pieces. Yeah, because Ray of and Tony were very connected because yeah. like what Tony's talk talks about yeah. in Unshakable is yeah. is the whole, you know, play the market, man. Yeah. It has proven us right. Yes, there's some downturns, but yeah. you only lose you can't when go you wrong. take it out. Yeah, you only <laughs> you lose when you get scared. Yep. And then you get nervous. Exactly. You get scared, so you pull it out, and then as it starts growing, you get nervous, so you buy. Put it back in. And so you start buying it high and selling it low, and you're... You miss the middle. You miss the middle. You miss, you miss the, those growths, you know? Ray, Ray's interesting story. If you haven't read his book yet, he's got a very... Um, it's a great book because you can um, put it down for a couple of days, uh-huh. maybe a month, and then pick it back up again because the way he wrote it is... is it's, it's a thick book. Is it's it? like five, 600 pages. It's a big old dense book. But nice. to be able to put it down and then come back to it, and, and that was one of those books that I'll always go back to. I, yeah. I ripped through that thing with notes and stuff. Yeah. Um, What's it called? Uh, Principles. Cool. And I gotta, I gotta read it, that. when you're done with Unshakable, I'll let you borrow it. But okay. it's there's some things, because he tells a story about how he got started and how his story is interesting because he was an investor in the stock market. Uh He was able to use technology in 1990 to leverage his power to understand what was going to happen in the stock market, mainly um, like agricultural stuff. Really? So like the wheat production, he's like, Oh, well this giant fire just burned 90% of these wheat fields. He could figure out not insider information, but Uh he knew, okay, well that's going to impact this company and this company directly. So I'm yeah. going to hedge my bets with them and cool. leverage my stuff. Okay. I'm going to short sell here yeah. and then I'm going to make a shit ton of money here because yeah. this farm, this crop, this next year yeah. isn't going to produce as much. So yeah. there's going to be a shortage and it's really interesting wow. and that's I'm cool. just touching the surface of it. Yeah. But see the minds like that though, like it's that's crazy. It's just to be like, Oh man, I don't feel like I'm that smart, but these guys are like, <laughs> 
you talk about these guys and what they think of, and it's just how they how they started and where they're at now. And is how insane. they especially leverage their time, like where you've talked about with yeah. technology. Yeah. So I that's that's a good one, Ray. Ray Just Dalio. to pick his brain, dude. Have Imagine you seen the, what he's been doing on social media recently? Dude, I haven't. I'm, my he's first introduction really, to him has been unshakable. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Okay. And that's, that's what's driven me to want to go in and get my CFP and all that stuff. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So I know that, that Ray um, had an extremely well, well-off career in the stock market. Still does. Started Bridgewater Analytics, uh-huh. I think is the company name. But... Uh, so that's that's super cool. Those three. So let's let's pivot and jump into social media. What you're doing on social media? I know that everybody kind of has their different area that they find traction in, but at the same time, almost every outlet can be of benefit right now. Yeah. Um, I know that you've shared with me that LinkedIn has been a huge. huge benefit for you yeah. is in just the feedback and, yeah. and I know and you know as well that Link, LinkedIn got um, acquired by Microsoft what yep. was it six I, eight years ago yeah I think it was only like three or four but okay so three or four months I, ago in, or years oh no, years, years ago years, okay years, yeah. so whenever that was acquired I know that that platform has changed drastically because you've got Facebook and Instagram yep. teaming up against Google and YouTube yep. and then you've got Microsoft with LinkedIn and we've got Snapchat kind of floating around out yeah. there right now. It hasn't yeah. really gained any traction yeah. um, main consumer-wise compared to these other platforms. Yeah. Go into detail about how you've used social media to leverage your time and whatnot. Cool. Great question. I mean, my entire business is built off of LinkedIn. I mean, we met off LinkedIn. That's true. You know, I, I, we connected on LinkedIn. I pulled your info and got connected and we went and worked out, right? This CPA... At the time, I I was looking for a CPA to handle some of my book work and just tax accounting because I was very unfamiliar with it. And I had reached out to three accountants and Stephen, you know, CPA is the typical, you know, oh, he just sits behind a computer and looks at spreadsheets all day. He's not, Holla. you know, I won't get along with this guy <laughs> at all. And this guy over here asked me to work out. I'm like, oh, shit. This is going to be a waste of my time. I'm going to go, like, <laughs> hold this guy's hand because yeah. he's a CPA. Watch me drop a work couple dumbbells out. on my Yeah, front. he's not going to know what he's doing. He shows up and whoops my ass. Oh, I don't know about in that. In our first workout. I don't know about that. And I was, like, sore for a week. But it's Oof. just so cool to see that story of how we met. I mean, yeah. I, I think I remember I was sitting in my office and you shot me like your message and was yeah. like, hey, I'd love to reach out and help yeah. you. I focus in real estate and fitness. Yep. And that has broadened now to yeah. kind of all small business owners. Uh, kind of. Kind yeah. of. I'm, I'm um, stretching, stretching my limits out to like more construction stuff. So still kind of trying to stay in that real estate development okay. realm. But, but he shot me this message on LinkedIn and I replied and I said, okay, you know, I, I'm – and I told you this when we first met, I'm all about meeting three new people a week. Yeah. You know, whether it's connecting on whatever platform it yeah. is, but kind of it's, it's that and then following up, you know, and, oh, yeah. and seeing where the time is, keeping those relationships. Social media allows you to do that. If you're liking, if I like your picture, uh-huh. you have an affirmation that we're still connected yeah, in a way. For sure. You know, and yeah. that's a way that you can manage hundreds yeah. and hundreds of relationships at, right. at a time. Right. So it's really cool that we met through LinkedIn and ended up following it up with a workout, coffee, yeah. 
and now we're doing business together. Yeah. So what is some of the key things that you could tell our listeners that haven't jumped into LinkedIn from either a business to business or even business to consumer? Like what are some of the oh, man. the benefits that you've seen from using so, the platform? I'm strictly my I mean my business is business to business. So I don't I can't add too much value to the business to consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean LinkedIn is kind of known as a as a business platform. It's a more professional, right? more professional but platform. I think that's changing. Is it, do you think? But just lightening up a little bit. Yeah. You okay. know, I mean I, I know a couple people that are posting organic videos daily of what they're doing there during the day and I'm like, oh, oh cool. This is a little professional, but yeah. you know that's cool. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, yeah, dude, LinkedIn has kind of been my bread and butter and it's allowed me to reach out like back in I was utilizing it a lot more back in the day before I kind of started jumping into Facebook and Instagram and these newer or not newer but different platforms yeah Um, it's just a different audience yeah it's different audience every platform holds a different audience that that you kind of have to organically put your content specific to that audience right 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 yeah and I mean I've freaking leaned on you for a lot of that a lot of that growth um, but LinkedIn, I mean, it, it gave me the ability to reach out to a hundred people a day, uh, more than that, probably closer to like 800 people a day See, that's through, so through cool. certain, um, ways that you can go through and set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and another cool thing about LinkedIn is you can actually take those contacts that you make and download them and then you can have these, these lead generations list. and you can build an email list off of it. It's the only thing you will ever own on the internet is yeah. an email list. Yes, it's yeah. old school, but if you have a conversion rate of 2% and yeah. you've got, yeah. some people have an email list yep. that's shit, that's like yeah. 2,000 people and some yeah. people have 100,000 people. Yeah. Yep. That's a difference. And the cool thing about LinkedIn is it has to be an active email. Exactly. Because you have to get in to actually, or you have to put your email in to actually yep. set up the account. And they constantly, I feel like they check it because they send you stuff yep. and see if you engage with it. Yep. You know, even though in most email inboxes now you've got your primary and focused. Yep. Um, yep. So it starts to send your stuff to the not yeah. as important. So the, the email game is getting difficult. It it's is getting tricky. Yeah. But you can even do direct outreach through LinkedIn too. That's true. Yeah. You know? Through their messaging. And yeah. So there's a lot. Of, I mean, LinkedIn is... By far, the, I think it's the most powerful lead generation tool um, w- within business right now. I agree with you. I think that it's, I think it's even more powerful than Facebook and Instagram. It's just not getting the credit for it yet. I yeah. mean, I, I was playing around in it the other day and I saw Rolodex books of presentations that people had create had created through their LinkedIn page. And yeah. that's, that's what it is. It's how can you provide more value to the customer? Yeah. You know, yeah. who's going to win the most business yeah. and doing the best, most efficient job with it. Yeah, you know? for sure. So. I mean, yeah, it's just, I, I think the only reason it hasn't picked up more is because people don't know about it. People exactly. don't, people don't understand what you can do with it. Like people I'll reach out to, um, when I was doing my email campaigns and stuff, yeah. people I'd reach out to be like, how the heck did you get my email? Yeah. Well, we connected on LinkedIn three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and now I'm shooting you an email to see how you're doing, see how your business is doing. Exactly. You know, so it's just yeah, it's just. What getting, is that? How how much for the time that you've spent on LinkedIn and some other social platforms? What kind of return are you seeing? Is it a growth in clients? Is it just word of mouth of what you're doing, or is it actually are you able to kind of measure that conversion in? I hate to say dollar amount because Uh I think that it's not great to measure it in a dollar amount because I think personal brand and awareness and all of that 
is just as important as getting a dollar in return. Yeah. How has that impacted your business? So, you know, I see Facebook and Instagram as being more of a, of a, not necessarily a lead generation, but more of a, um, here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. Yada, yada, yada. Um, LinkedIn though is very easy to measure your conversion ratios on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, when I was aggressively doing LinkedIn, like three or four months ago, I mean, I built when I, so I started using LinkedIn, um, very aggressively in October of 17. So just last October, um, from October, November, December, um, I was shooting out invites, connecting with people, sending email campaigns, doing the whole gamut. In January, I think I got 12 to 15 clients that walked into the door Oh wow! for me to do their tax return. Um, and it wasn't even walked in the door. It was people from all over the country, from, yeah. from Nevada to Connecticut to Washington to uh, all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, um, reached out for me to do their tax return. And I built a $30,000 business, annual, a business off of tax and then recurring stuff oh, wow. uh, combined of $30,000 within four months. That's great. You know? And using so it's, those platforms. Yeah, using exclusively using LinkedIn. That's okay. my only marketing thing. Okay. Because the firm I was at did nothing for marketing <laughs> anyone, anyways. It was all word Isn't of mouth, which is the best way That's to do why you left. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh my god. Word of mouth comes with that kind of Yeah, yeah. It's so. yeah, it's just it's a more aggressive yeah. word of mouth. Yeah. You know? All right. So as we're wrapping things up for you, yes, listeners. Um we like to hit them with our three questions at the end. Um, what's your morning routine? My morning routine. That's a good question. You know, I got kiddos coming down at six thirty, <laughs> pulling on, jumping on your face. You know, yeah. pulling you out of bed. Um, what are some things that in your morning that set you apart from others? I think that that's that's yeah. a better way to word it. So it's really getting up and moving. Um, I So back in the day, my wife kind of hijacked my morning routine, honestly. That's I okay. used to go to the gym at like 5 a.m. and yeah. then hit the gym hard and then get into work. Um, I still go to the gym in the morning just after my wife. She gets back at like 6.30 to 7, and then I'll yeah. run into the gym then and then go out to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that, that morning routine of getting active. You yeah. know, I squat every day. Okay. And so that's what really sets me apart, I think, is I like that. squatting sucks. Yeah. There's no way around it. Well, it, it's one of the best exercises for one you. One of the best exercises for, body, for you, for not only for your body, but your freaking brain, dude. Yeah. Like it's having the, the mental the capacity. Yeah. yeah. Having the mental capacity to get under the bar and squat that morning is, mm-hmm. there's mornings where just getting into the rack is, is a victory. <laughs> it's, you know, just, even if you just, just squat the bar 10 times. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's, Yeah. That's what sets you apart. Cool. Well, uh, our second question is usually what we like to to guide that in is um, is what would you like it to be? My morning routine. Yeah. Is there anything you that you would change? Yeah. I mean, I so like I said back in the day, I used to get in the gym by five, so I was waking up at four thirty. Yeah. I want to start doing that again because mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time getting up at six thirty and, and waking up, getting moving. Yeah. Um, I loved. I loved waking up early. Yeah. You know, so I want to start waking up at five again. Yep. Maybe even four thirty again. You're just you're just up, you have that extra time yeah. for yourself. Yeah. As well as it's you huge. Know, moving you know? to that next level. Yeah. So. And I want to start reading reading more. Yeah. Within my mornings. I like that. To set up I my like brain that and a lot. And kind of just set up like a certain just, things that you yeah, do every it's morning. Going. You know? Yeah, it's that routine. Exactly. You know? And Ray Ray preaches that. He's like, I did the same thing yep. for 
50 years. Yeah. I know some people do. Yeah. All right. So last question of the day is um, what kind of question would you want to ask our listeners, our entrepreneurs out there that are listening, a question for them to either challenge themselves, um, help them reach new goals, or what do you want to ask the audience today? What are you doing today that is going to get you to where you want to be tomorrow? Boom. Boom. You got to live. That's just, you got, you have to ask yourself that every morning. What are you going to do today to get to where you want to be tomorrow? And I love that. You have to take action. That is so good. You have to do something to, to grow. That is so good. All right, guys, we're wrapping it up. Episode two, Steven Gabrielson with SLG Advising. I'll have all his information in the bio. If you need some tax help, shoot him a message. I'm sure he'll get back with you as soon as possible. For sure. For those of you guys out here, I am your host, Blake Haggett, with the KZZ Podcast, The Yes Show. Come back, check us out, give us a follow, and we will uh, keep producing some great episodes. Thanks.